Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with yet another high demand coach. In fact, a coach to high demand coaches. I'm so excited to have Jean Amlor here today. She's a certified business strategist and online business coach. She's a natural born motivator, an encourager, a voracious researcher and strategist. And what she does, she helps her clients to operate at their ultimate potential and performance level. Jean infuses her ICF accreditation from intelligent leadership into all of her training. And her clients have something in common. They are smart go-getters who want to fulfill their ultimate potential. Well, Jean, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, I feel like I already know you so well from you know, the reviews online or looking at your website and even our conversation ahead of time. But I'd love for you to us to just take a step back before we jump into what you do and, and kind of what, what makes all of that tick. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you were doing before becoming a business coach and how that ultimate led to what you do today? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Um, okay, so it's a long story, but I'm going to try to boil it down to as short as possible. So before I was a coach, okay, I'll, just to fast forward, I started off my life as a fashion designer. I studied fashion design in college in Australia. And then I really didn't want to do that that much. So I decided, yeah, I really wanted to go traveling. Um, so, and I really wanted to be an actress. So I went traveling and I lived in different countries and I studied acting here and there. And I ended up um, doing that for a while. I was in Europe for eight years. I was in Paris for six. And then I got tired of being clandestine and sort of being a bohemian type. I literally (laughs) would just, you know, people can't believe this now, but I would sit in cafes and have coffee with my friends and I'd teach English and I worked for a Cordon Bleu chef, like during her food design. And, you know, this was really not working. So I really, I was trying to get papers there, but they kept changing the laws. And I thought, you know, I I think I'm just going to go back to the States, even though I grew up in Australia, I was American, but we moved to Australia. I've never actually lived in the States since I'd been a kid. So I moved to New York to, you know, to do the acting thing. And of course, (laughs) that's a whole hustle. And while I was doing that, I got a job as an executive recruiter on Wall Street. Just They just hired me and said, you're going to be great at this. And so I became an executive recruiter and I came became really good at it with not even trying. Like it was one of the things in my life. I didn't even try to be good. It's like, I didn't even have to try. I was just good at it. You know, when that happens, when you're a natural, it's like, wow, everything else I do, I have to practice for thousands of hours. So I did that, but I was still doing my acting and I became a filmmaker and, you know, did that for a while. And then um, got married and it wasn't a successful marriage, let's just say that. And and when I was 
um, on my own with my two kids in New York, one was four and one was one. I thought, you know, I really have to do something because I have no money and I haven't worked in a long while. You know, I was doing a bit of consulting here and there, but wasn't steady. I thought I really need to do something where I can take care of my children because I wasn't willing to farm them out. You know, I just, I'm an attachment parent. And so how can I do this? And I thought, what what am I going to do? And I started a kid's blog and the kid's blog was a big hit. However, it did not make a lot of money, but I was well known all around the world for this kid's blog, like pretty soon. So I thought, wow, I can't believe that happened. (laughs) So I was invited to parties. I got a lot of loot set. Then I thought, you know, the little bit of advertising, because I didn't know how to to really make money. I did, did what I could. Um, and I did a little bit of advertising. I thought, okay, this is not going to do it. What can I do? I thought, well, I, I used to coach actors and I was all, people are always asking my advice and, and I used to make films. I thought, you know, I'm actually pretty good at coaching. Maybe I should become a coach. So I looked into it and I thought, this is perfect for me. Cause I am, you know, if you do those Enneagrams of what, like what makes a good coach, I was like hating every single one, you know, like helping personality, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, okay, this looks like it's fit. So I just got certification at night while my kids were sleeping. I worked from seven till midnight every night for two years to make this happen because I was looking after my kids from seven till seven. I was so sleep deprived. But I thought this has to work. So I just started that slow and I got a business coach immediately. I asked a, a woman I knew who was a coach, the only coach I knew then, who's your coach? So I hired her because so I didn't know anybody else. I just wanted to make it happen. However, I was learning offline methods, you know, the old way of coaching where you go to networking events and you get the cards and that's all I knew. And it was such a hustle because I'd have to like get a babysitter, go to the networking event. It was so hard. And I thought, okay. And, you know, soon after I thought, I really got to maybe learn this online thing. Okay. But then something happened. We had to move to another state and it was like kind of got lost in there, you know, and I thought, okay, I got to get back to that. And then, you know, where I lived, which was a a state where people don't really invest in their businesses that much, thought this isn't working. What I used to do in New York City, like that was working and now it's not. What do I do? And, you know, one one day I woke up, I was 54, so it's almost four years ago. I thought, I I, I need to do something. This is, I'm in deep debt now. Uh, uh, My kids are going to understand at some point that I'm not really a success, you know, I've got to do something. I literally had what people call a defining moment. And I I, I always wondered about those defining moments because from my life, it wasn't like a lot of defining moments. It was just sort of realizations as I went. I thought I had a defining moment. And I I just thought I need to get online and I need to learn this. And I know it's going to be really hard because I'm not techie and I don't know anything about online marketing, but I'm going to do this. So I started searching around. I found a 10K program and I thought they were going to teach me Facebook ads because that's all I knew. I just knew I needed to get online. And I thought the only option was Facebook ads. I got online. I I did the program. and realized immediately Facebook ads were not what I was supposed to do because I had no validated offer online. And I thought, wait a minute. They said, oh, no, you can't do Facebook ads. I said, but that's that's what I paid you for. They said, no, no, you're going to do something called organic marketing. I said, like carrots? I literally said, like carrots? (laughs) Well... I learned organic marketing and it was hard because I was so not taking it. I did. I was like, okay, I'll learn this because I had to. And on the eighth week, I got my first high ticket client with organic marketing. And then I got two more. So I made $15,000 in one week. It changed my life. I thought, okay, I, I got this. I, I'm good at this. And then people were like, how did you do that? And I started getting clients and, and then my program got built and I got, you know, it started adding specialists. And now we have a great team. And this is over three and a half years ago. And I started creating those, those trainings as I went that people needed. And it just grew. And I got to a million dollars in 17 months wow. from that point. 
and now you know we're multi-millions now but but that that basically is the whole story i hope that wasn't too long for your for your listeners it's amazing it's amazing so there's so much i want to unpack in that but one of them because it's such a big part of the entrepreneurial story but why do you think that defining moment it was so important in your story and why is it so important in so many of the stories of the folks that you serve every day well, this defining moment, I realized touch, it's a real, real defining moment. And it touched a chord with all the people that think they're too, too anything, too old, too young, mm. too not a man, too, you know, too, too a single mom, too anything, too, I don't know. And I think what it is, is here's a mom who's 54 years old not techie. I am so not. T- I had to learn. A, cl- a colleague of mine had to do a Loom training to show me how to use Zoom. Because I've never met anybody so not techie. Because I didn't need tech. I was offline meeting people. Okay. And so so it's also, oh, I'm not techie. That's okay. I wasn't. Oh, I'm, I'm older. That's okay. I was 54. Well, I'm a single mom. So am I. <laughs> I'm a single dad. So am I. Well, you know, I got kids to take care. So do I. Yeah. I homeschool. I was. So basically it knocks out all those excuses people have of being like, oh, because, you know, people have this thing. They have to be young, younger, you know, and they have to be like Insta friendly and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Also, I'm an introvert. I hate doing even though I was an actress, I hate doing videos. I did not do. I avoided videos for the longest time. I got to to a very high monthly income without even doing a Facebook live. And I thought, Jean, just do this. So it's important because I was washed up. I was washed up and I knew it. Thought, hmm. How did I become washed up? This is wow. not who I am. And I was sort of, you know, had low luck. I was depressed. It was dysthemia, but I was depressed. You know, I was, my kids didn't know it because it wasn't a full blown. I thought actually pretty, you know, low level depression. And I just, I remember I thought, wait, this is somebody, I had a vision. I thought, but I'm supposed to be that million dollar coach. <laughs> And I knew I couldn't say anything that, you know, how can somebody who's washed up even voice that to somebody else? I think you're ridiculous, right? But I had that in my mind. And I thought, no, wait a minute. I know I can do this. I just need to find the way. That's all. And so it was hard. I got to say, Scott, it was not easy. It was like no success, washed up, mindset not in a good place. I must have two kids. Like, oh my gosh, I'm older. How am I going to make this happen? I don't have that much time. If not now, when? And the defining moment was, if not now, I heard the voice. If not now, Jeanne, when? When are you going to do this? And I was like, I woke up. I thought, whoa, now I have to do it now. I'm not getting any younger. None of us are. So I think it's defining because I was so washed up. Honestly, there was no backup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why is it that you think, and and I would imagine you see this quite a lot in your line of work, but why is it that we work so hard to disqualify ourselves from success? Uh, Why is it, why are those, why do we give those excuses? uh, Because that's what they are, but why do we give them so much credit? Because we are in not a culture, because it's a world culture, we're in humanity. Okay. And it's a human thing and it's been happening forever all over the place. I'm not going to say it's American culture or this. We are human and we have a human culture of thinking, oh, no, that's not for me. That's for those other people over there. That's those other people. When you start thinking that those other people are you because we're all one. And I started thinking, wait a minute. Why can't I be those other people? 
Why can't I jump the fence where the grass is greener, actually greener, <laughs> not looks greener. But I talked about that in my coaching since I started that, that life is like, there's two, there's two pathways. There's one on the right and one on the left. And there's a fence. And you got to jump that fence. You're walking along the pathway that's not successful, that you're unhappy. You're not fulfilled. You hate your life. A lot of people do. And I'm just being real. I hated my life. I mean, I didn't hate my children. I liked something about my life. I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't feel like a success. I felt like I really should have been doing better. And it wasn't, you know, I've proven to myself those were not just empty thoughts. So it's real because look what I did, right? So you're on this path and you're like on this path where every day is a day you're never going to get back, right? Mm. I'm very conscious of time. And I'm like, wait a minute, not now. When? How long am I going to go on this path? where I'm not happy, I'm not fulfilled, it's not what I want to do, and it's not sustainable because I'm in deep debt. People have to understand there is another pathway. It's not the grass is all the greener, what was greener. It's on the other side of that fence that you got to jump. And on the other side of that fence is your real life, Mm. your real life. I feel like I'm finally living my real life. Not the fake life that was putting up with me not being fulfilled. That was the fake life. Mm. This is the real life because I did what it took to jump the fence. And I feel like I'm bathing in my real life right now. I feel so like this is, this is it. Is my life perfect? No, nobody's life is perfect, but it's still your real life. Right. So, so that I think what it is, is conditioning of you're not good enough. That's for other people. And and it's all sorts of conditioning, family, culture. It's always about know your place, especially for women. That's not a feminist thing, but you know, we have to carve out the pathway to even drag the chair up to the table. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not, I'm not like doing some feminist thing, but all people need to do that. Men need to do that too. Because yeah. men, it's not men or women, it's people. Mm-hmm. We lack confidence in ourselves. We think we have to be perfect. We have to be the smartest. We have to be the best, the prettiest, the most knowledgeable. It's just rubbish. Yeah. 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 And that's so true. I, I think, you know, having worked with both uh, male and female clients, I would say there are very big differences, but they're so similar. You know, it's, it's similar patterns. We have different, uh, we come at it from a different angle, but uh, what I've found is true. We all wrestle with some form of, you know, discouraging thought process or just of some type of imposter syndrome, especially in the coaching, consulting, professional services. There's, there's this idea that like, uh, you are selling you to an extent, right. To a, a very real extent. And so, it compounds the feeling of like, if you have any sense of I'm not enough for, for what they need, right. Which, you know, that's not even your role, but uh, it, that feeling has a very uh, logistical implication, right? It's like, you have to get on a sales call and actually sell yourself. You have to get on social media and actually talk about how you helped somebody. And, uh, and so it, it looks very different for men and women, but everyone struggles with that. Uh, I think everyone struggles. Now you don't have to, it's, it's not fatal. It's not that you have to stay there. And to your point, you can jump the fence, but I think it's really helpful for folks out there to hear everyone has to jump the fence at some point. They do because it's, it's, it's walking through the fire. Okay. But the big question is this, it's not, how do I jump the fence? It's who do I get me to give a leg up over the fence? Mm -hmm. That's the key. Nobody, nobody thinks about that. They're always, how do I do things? How do I do that? How do I do that? What about who can give you the leg up? 
to get over the fence. That is getting help. That was what I always knew. Like immediately when I was deep debt, broke, I always said, I need some help. I'm going to, but I was always like that. I've always paid a lot of money for all sorts of, of lessons for myself. I always invested all my money in singing lessons, acting lessons, you name it, piano. I mean, so, so I always did that. That was a reflex with me to invest in myself in all ways, um, all sorts of stuff. So if people don't have that, and it, you know, it flows through to my children because when I was broke in New York city, all my money went to their lessons. We ate and they had lessons. That was so important to me yeah. to develop them. And actually, I was watching this video about how the wealth wealthy think, and that was in there. The wealthy think about developing themselves, mm-hmm. investing. So luckily, I already knew that. But if you and you're right, if you don't, it is painful, isn't it? Isn't that painful yeah. when you say, "Oh, I'm gonna like just." I'm going to get, it's not like you can go along with your normal everyday pace to jump that fence. You've got to step back and do a run up to jump over the fence. And, and it's not like, oh, sure. I'm going to jump the fence. It is walking through the fire, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. And I, I, you're hitting on another topic that, that actually comes up quite frequently with guests, but I, I think, and we're, it's actually great to tie this in because you're talking about, you know, social media and organic marketing and, and, you're putting yourself out there. I've also found the dark side of that is there's a lot of stuff on social media that actually breathes on those insecurities, right? It's this idea that, you know, uh, business is easy. You don't, you can jump, there is no fence. You know, it's like being an entrepreneur is sipping martinis on the beach or, you know, pick your cocktail of choice. And, 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 I don't think there's very many things that are as rewarding as building something as an entrepreneur, right? I think there's something really, really unique and special about that, especially if you're called to it, built for it. Uh, but it's, it, you're right. It is not easy. And I think we, we do a disservice to folks to call it easy. It's not that it's easy. I think it's rewarding. Would you agree with that? Um, it is rewarding and it's also not easy. <laughs> However, again, the, the who, who, can make this easier. Yeah. Because there is also this addiction to pain. I'm just going to make that so hard for myself. And, and even on the mindset side, if you if you say, oh, you know what, I'm going to do this and it's not that hard, it won't be that hard. However, the whole journey is hard because you got to learn how to do that. And that's hard, right? So a lot of this is the mindset and how we frame things. If you go, oh, I'm going to touch so much pain into doing that tiny little thing, it's going to be painful. And you will see a variety of clients and one just does the work. And the other one's like all this pain, I call it the pain body. They're attaching their pain body to every single thing they do because yeah. that's what they do. So it's really about mindset wise, like how do I clear this mindset as much as possible and get my emotions to a point of neutral about the work? And that's what I teach my clients in the mindset portion, because we do a lot of mindset is how do I Okay, I'm feeling icky. I don't like the marketing. Oh, I'm spammy, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm fearful. Okay, great. You have all those emotions. Don't sit there and, you know, people process. They say I have to process this. Why? Why do you have to process those emotions? Why do you have to process every single emotion that goes or every thought that goes through your head? It's a waste of time. When we know what those are, feel it in your body. I have a whole instant shift technique that actually deals with the feeling in the body because that's important and neutralizes on a physical level these emotions because our job is to neutralize emotions there's not bad and good everything in life has yin and yang and negative and positive even when something is great guess what 
there's always some downside and just look at it. That's just life. So people are looking for the amazing. Everything's so amazing. Well, sorry, nothing is always so amazing. Every single business, every single day, there's good and bad every day. Look at your business every day. Right. So this is immature that people have to have nirvana or hell, (laughs) heaven or hell. No. Can't you just like say, you know what? Life is positive and negative. I'm going to neutralize all the the, the stuff that's keeping me from not taking action instead of giving it so much importance and a story. And it goes on and people do this. Have you seen that on and on? People need to become (laughs) anti-fragile. You know that book? Yeah. I love that book. Yeah. It does it all. So the more you say, you know what? I get that normal people do that, but I'm going to not be normal. I'm going to be above average. I'm not going to let the force of average because those people that understand average, I don't want to be average. Those are the winners. And it's really just controlling your emotions or, you know, yeah. neutralizing, mm. isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's such a big thing. And and, and again, because I, I don't, I, I, I think most folks fail to understand how emotionally charged starting and and running your own business is, right? Especially when you're doing it alone, right? You haven't looked for help from other people. It can be it can be just a massive roller coaster, especially if you let that roller coaster lead you. Well, I would never do something. I'm so big on getting help. Why would I guess when I could pay somebody to give me actually what works? Yeah. Right? And I think the the more your mind is wired for success, you're like who can who who can who can help me find this person who can actually do this? Why would you just go around and around guessing your life time every day is so valuable? Why would you waste weeks, months, years trying to figure something out when you could just pay a coach? Yeah. I don't you know? So true. It's so true. It's so true. So there's a question I like to ask all of my guests, uh, and it's this. What's the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish everybody listening or watching right now knew? Folks, there is no velvet, you know, the velvet rope that's imaginary. There's no velvet rope where there's you like, you know, the velvet rope and you're waiting to let, let get lit into the, the wonderful nightclub or exclusive. The velvet rope is in your imagination. Wow. That's just not there. It's not there. There, Basically, you've created that velvet rope. Do you know what I mean by velvet rope? Yes, I do. Yeah. You think your listeners know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, a barrier to concept, entry. Go for it. The barrier to entry where the elite get let in, but you're behind yeah. it. You're never going to get into that exclusive yeah. place. That velvet rope is in your minds because all you need to do is find the who and the how. And, and you just do certain things. And it's like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. So that actually worked. And that wasn't that other people get that and I don't. That's the secret. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's nothing that's separating you from them other than what you're letting separate you from them. Yeah. Uh, So good. So good. And, and it's something, it's one of those things that I I almost, uh, there's almost a little grief in me because folks will hear that and just kind of accept it, but not really hear it. Mm. And and it's one of those things that I think if you really hear it and let it sink in, it, it has a massive power to transform 
you, your business and your success for sure. So yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing it. Uh, one other question that I have for you, and then I know uh, folks are going to want to get in touch with you. So we'll show them the best way here in a second. But before we get there, I'm actually going to have you take off your coach hat, uh, put on your CEO hat and, and kind of jump down into the ring with the rest of us as entrepreneurs and tell us what the next stage of growth looks like for you and your business. And what challenges will you have to overcome now to get there? Okay, so at the next level, there's always a new challenge of who are you hiring or the who? And it's always the who now. And the who helps you with the how, right? So um, I want to get to 10 million now. So I'm I'm strategizing, okay, if you're doing what got you here will not get you there, right? You have to understand that you're what you're currently doing, you have to know how far that's going to get you. Yeah. And you usually don't want to play it out to the very end because it means you're losing money because you could have started integrating. However, I'm big on the one thing. I'm big on doing one thing over and over and over again and really maximizing, but then really being sensitive. Okay, now I'm at that point where we could open this up. Okay, so now it is, who, and I'm hiring a lot of people. Okay, so who who do I hire? And often those people are not good if it's like a digital marketing agency. <laughs> and But, you know, that again, you have to understand that's business. You're not always going to be able to hire the home run. And when people understand that's part of the testing is testing who you're hiring instead of, oh, I hired that person. That was a waste of money. I'm a failure. No, you hired that person. That was a failure. Keep going. You're going to find a good one. Right. So uh, people have to position their thinking in a longer timeline and not be like good or bad, yeah. good or bad. Because even when I've hired bad people, sometimes I got something out of it, sometimes not. Yeah. Okay. And you just say, okay, that wasn't a good decision. I did qualify them. They didn't say do what they said they were going to do next. Not, oh, I'm never going to hire another person again. So I think people have to really watch where they're being a victim yeah. of, oh, that didn't work. I'm never going to hire another person like that. So my CEO thing right now, and it's good you asked that, is, okay, who do I hire to get to that next level? And that's going to be back-end people. That's going to be other because some of the marketing we do in house, I have I've hired, I hired a media team, but I put the media team together myself because I thought, hmm, how am I going to produce that? Oh, I'm going to create my own media team in house so I, we can work together. But there's other things I don't want to do in house. So who are those people? How do I qualify them? You know, get them. I'm hiring somebody today, actually. So I'm actually starting a podcast again, <laughs> and. You know, so that was like, okay, I'm not doing this myself. That's for sure. Like, I'm not going to produce it. So it did some behind that today. So that's one thing. So what's the next thing? I'm doing a podcast again. I started a podcast and it wasn't the right time. I wasn't, you know, also people, um, I will say doing everything all at once is always not the right thing. And I started the podcast and I didn't really think I was working with a marketing agency at that point. I thought, I don't know if this is the right time. Oh, it is. And I said, no, actually it's not. And I'm very good at walking away for the yeah. right reasons. I thought, nope, not, not right now. And I thought now's the time. So, so it, just because you, I'm not a quitter, but I quit for the right reason. It just wasn't right. I just wasn't into it then. So what's next? Hire a podcast person. What's next? Hire somebody else. Um, what's next? You know, we're always improving our SOPs. We're always, you know, looking at everything, um, improving my leadership, how my team behind works, um, yeah. behind the scenes. Um, so there's all of that as well and developing because, you know, I'm into leadership as well. And the bigger you get, you have to 
change your systems. So that's what's yeah. next for me. And also I'm developing a mindset course at the moment because I do, it's more about like getting clients and there is some mindset, but I, I'm going to be developing just a mindset course as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now I know there's some folks that are listening to this and they're just like, I- I've got to, I've got to get in touch with John. Uh, so how do they do that? How do they find more out about you and the work that you do? Well, um, you're going to put the reviews link so they can actually see these reviews and there's a booking link there. Also all over social media, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, just look for my name. It's very simple. I keep it simple and you can follow me or friend me or DM me and uh, you want to email me, it's jean at jeanomlore.com. It's very simple. And it is a lot of ways to get, there's website reviews, email, DM me. I love people DMing me on social media and I we do I do answer. So I'm very accessible. That's fantastic. Uh, and a, again, we'll drop it in the notes here, but jeanomlore.com, that's J-E-A-N-N-E-O-M-L-O-R.com. And then head over to slash reviews and you'll hear some amazing stories of folks that Jean has helped. Uh, and you'll find yourself in those stories as well, I'm sure. So Jean, it was an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Uh, and for everyone listening, you know your time and attention mean the world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I did, and I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.